How can we make the world better? By making ourselves better. The Dr. Joe Show explores how you can make positive personal change by using his groundbreaking and highly effective I Am approach to understand who we are and why we do what we do. Your small changes can have big effects. Join us now for the Dr. Joe Show with Mark Stiles of Stiles Law and your host, Dr. Joe Schrand. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dr. Joe Show. So, folks, Dr. Joe's not here. I hope we hold you. I hope we hold the listeners today. Dr. Joe is on his annual vacation with his family in a wonderful place. We have a really, really interesting show today. We have two guests in the studio. We have a gentleman that I recently met at a networking event. And as Dr. Joe always says, small changes have big impacts. And I went to this one event and I sat next to the, our guest, Eric, and uh, I said, Eric, so what do you do? We started talking, and he told me what he did, and I was absolutely fascinated by his stories, and we're going to share a lot of those with you today. But he's created a company here, right here on the South Shore, called South Shore Outdoors, and I'll let him share a lot about what they do, but I, I started talking to him. I said, wait a second, South Shore Outdoors are you affiliated? Did you do a, a joint venture with the recreation department in Marshfield and have uh, young students do an after-school program? And he said, yeah. Why? Why? Well, I think my son's in your program. So our other guest is uh, Timmy Stiles is in the studio today uh, to talk about some of his experiences with uh, Eric's group and his uh, adventures and, and all that. So Without further ado, Eric, Hello, welcome everybody. to the show. Thank so, you. So, Eric, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing and some of your your background. It's Eric Goodwin of South Shore Outdoors. It is, yeah. It's a little bit about my background. Where do I start? Do I start Let's back go. when I was eight years old? Yeah, and why not? around in the trees and the ponds? Or six years ago when I moved to the area and... Uh, met my wife and married her and started a family and really found a home here in Marshfield. That's a hard decision. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I really thank you for bringing me on the show. It was really nice to meet you. And it was uh, serendipitous that uh, we had your son in the Trail Rangers program. He was uh, in the Junior Rangers program, the Junior Hikers program. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Um, we're looking at forward to doing that a little bit more in the, in the coming uh, winter and spring. Uh, but I, I moved down here to the South Shore about six years ago after I met my now wife. Um, and we started our family together. And um, what I found when I got here, I, I was really shocked by, honestly. Uh, I came from about, uh, at that point, I guess about 15, 16 years of outdoor guiding in one form or another across the country and even a little bit internationally. And it was almost like I was giving up when I moved to the South Shore. I was giving up on the outdoors because I was moving to a suburb of Boston, really. Yeah. But then I got here and was... Um, blown away it took me back on my heels and it took me a while to understand what we had in front of us here in marshfield and i'm still blown away on a weekly basis by so what, what do we have what do you mean by that yeah uh, i mean we have um 2500 plus acres of conservation land 
just in this town. The South Shore has something like 13,000 plus acres. Wow. Uh, and that's the small view of our South Shore, right? Not if we're including Milton and all those other places, depending on... So when you say conservation is. land, you mean what? Yeah, so these are all um, pieces of land, acreage that's been set aside for conservation, whether it's conservation departments or sometimes there's other town departments that have oversight over them, um, or even like the trustees or the Wildlands Trust or some uh, local nonprofits or the Audubon. They all have have trails and maintain lands and they're all accessible to the public um, some of them for uh, a nominal fee or um, a donation to the organization which I highly suggest folks do when they visit those properties uh, but many of them for free in a day and age where we pay so much for everything mm. these hundreds of miles of trails are just here for free for everybody and they're so accessible and they're beautiful oh my gosh you know I I spent uh, a couple decades chasing the wilderness and chasing animals and chasing people and learning from animals and learning from people in the wilderness. And, and then finally I got to a place where I was just with nature and with mm. people in nature. And uh, I always thought that that was going to top off my experience, and it didn't. I'm so happy that it didn't. Mm. Uh, and that's why I didn't hesitate to start South Shore Outdoors here in Marshfield because I realized what we've got here. And I, I really hope that... I can play a function in helping other people to experience it and help them to break down any barriers that are around them to get out and even just give a try on a local trail or try a new sport, whether it's snowshoeing, cross-country, or uh, anything like that. It's so good for you. So, folks, um, you know, in our everyday life, right, so we go to work, we get in into uh, traffic, or we get to the office, and we're indoors, and we get into a certain routine that we have, and... And I, I'm in that routine. I said to Eric, I said, hey, you know, Dr. Joe's not going to be here. Do you want to get together for a cup of coffee? And, you know, let's talk about things. And that's the routine. That's the normal course of how I conduct business on a given day, a lunch, a coffee, a, a in-office meeting, what have you. And he says, you know, I'm definitely available on Wednesday, but what do you think about if we maybe connected up at the trailhead of one of the trails in Marshfield, I was like, I said, you know what? That's a tremendous idea. So 10 o'clock yesterday morning, we met at the trailhead at, what was the it's name of the trail? Daniel Webster's Wilderness down in the south part of town by the Council on Aging. Wonderful trail, great history too. So coaching baseball down at the rec fields for over 10 years, had no idea that this trail even existed. And there's miles and miles of beautiful trails. So as we're walking and talking and catching up and He's just showing me the corridors of these trails and the histories of these trails. We stop at a rock, and I said, what is that? You know, what, what's the purpose of that? And you know, tell our listeners where we were. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's a bit overwhelming as an outdoor guide to come into the town of Marshfield because you realize that the hefty burden on your shoulders, it's not a burden really, though. It's a mission, and it's um, something that... I hope I can honor for this town, but the history of this town is the history of America. The history of this area is the history of all of us. And it's not just a trail walk when you walk on the South Shore, no. especially in Marshfield. It's a history walk as well, and that's what we found, right? And Daniel Webster's Wilderness, um, when you take off from the trail by the Council on Aging, you head on down by the ball fields, and halfway in between, you're in a place called Cherry Hill. A beautiful little pond down below that, which I still have to figure out what kind of fish are in there. Mm. Um, but right on top of Cherry Hill, there's um, a, a granite marker that I stood on and you were asking about. Um, and there used to be another marker there that, that marked uh, Daniel Webster's last speech uh, before he passed. I, we went over the days of like 1850s right. or something. Um, and it was I, a mere 
mere months before he passed, uh, given that he was Secretary of State, a, a senator, and all these other things. Uh, man, I can imagine if you think about that time in history, the small community that must have been around him and known his name and listened when he spoke in this town, and knowing that he was getting towards the end of his days, I wonder who showed up for that talk. I wonder what was in his mind giving that talk. Was he just legacy seeking? Was it something beyond yeah. that? Was it his last word as a public servant? You know, And that was something special about the moment of being outside, right? The imagination starts to open up, right? I'm not sitting in a conference room talking to you in a stale area and maybe the, my cell phone is there. We're out in the wilderness we're sitting there and all of a sudden you just kind of you do you close your eyes for a second and you picture what it was like back in 1853 right that opening and and what what our society was like then you know it was a very highly agricultural community word got out somehow i don't really even want to guess as to how the word traveled out that that daniel webster was giving this last speech and you know, if I'm living in Marshall in 1853, you're you're darn right. I'm going to get there, right? I'm going to get there and listen to what uh, Mr. Webster has to say uh, on his last speech. And the town community joined together in that area, and you could kind of see how they would have congregated. You know, where where he gave the speech versus where the people would have sat. And you know, you don't get that unless you're outside. You know, and that's the beauty of what I think you're creating here and and it's and it is in such need right now i have three children one one here who's uh, experiencing what you're doing but i know there's a there's a struggle with uh parents like myself that you know there's screens you know and there's there's ga video gaming and there's this and we feel as though they're not out there as much as they should be um so what do you what do you think? What are we What are we gonna do here? Yeah, you know, they. I, I have a couple children myself, ranging in ages from from very young and, and just heading into junior high. And, and the screens are certainly a, a prescient issue. Uh, it's an issue of control. It's an issue of enjoyment. It's so many different issues. Peer pressure. Uh, it's the new thing, right? When I was younger, I remember Nintendo, right? Nintendo yeah. came out, and all of a sudden, it was about who had the Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the rules came out when you could play Nintendo yeah. or not, right? Uh, and I do believe that screens are something we have to be paying attention to. Um, there's a lot of um, dramatized information about screens. We certainly should be paying attention to them. I don't believe we should be fearing them yet. We yeah. should be looking at how we integrate them into our lives in a responsible, positive way. And we see that now with traditions of people sitting at dinner now, and they put the, ta the screens in the middle as a, mm. a commitment to one another to engage. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to do, too. That commitment to engage isn't something you do passively. You have to be in your active mind and decide that that's the path you want to go down until you turn your whole self into that kind of person that's always engaged, which is a very hard thing to do right. in our modern lives as we you know, struggle with uh, paying bills and everything that comes along with enjoying our families and um, all those wonderful things. So it's a really big issue, but one that... Um, I hope drives people to think about recreation, but I would encourage people not to be, to get into recreation and outdoor recreation because of screens. Okay. Because I'm not that guy that tells you to turn your screens off when you get out there because there's a lot you can learn if you have your screen in your hands sometimes. Yeah. I am that guy that says, look, let's take a deep breath before we head out. Let's let that stress go from our bodies and then let's remember we're here together. 
and let's be together as we head out uh, and then let's head out right. once we have we all get on the same page and we kind of release what's gone on that day um, but I, I think you hit on some big issues and it's not just the screens these days but it's so many other things going on and I think at this moment in history we'll look back 20 30 years from now and say man how come we didn't get on this whole green economy thing earlier mm. for so many reasons uh, there's more families that have two working parents now and not n as much time as perhaps we once did to yeah. do the more proactive parenting. Um, and there's economic factors pushing people away from taking distance vacations or long family vacations like we once did. Um, Disney is an aspiration for so many now right. where it used to be just maybe something that people um, just planned on doing. So as we talked uh, on, our, on our walk yesterday, you were telling me about some of the, the programs you're running and, and based on, you know, the economic outlook. And we were talking, you know, ever since 2008 and the global meltdown that we had, you know, with few exceptions, you know, not many industries and occupations have really recovered from that. And, you know, the, the uh, certain... Um, socioeconomic uh, groups, you know, are still struggling, you know, and, and you've got, you know, tremendous solutions for that. You, uh, you have some programs for those folks because, you know, Disney might not be in the budget right now. So you want to tell about us about some of those? Yeah, I, you know, I think a lot of the programs we're putting forward will, will be probably of most benefit um, to some of those folks. Uh, that have a bit of a, a challenge traveling abroad or um, being able to spend a couple thousand dollars to take a vacation. But there really are going to be what I hope is for everybody because I want to try and uh, enliven a bit of consciousness about everything that's around us. Um, but I, I'm not an economist by any means, but I think I'm feeling what a lot of other people are feeling. I, I have um, a house and a family of four and a dog and a cat and bills, and, and it, it just seems a little harder and a little more harder oh. every year. As much as I – and I, I want to uh, pay a little bit more taxes so we can have them more in town, but weighing those budgets is really difficult, and uh, it feels like, to me in my heart, it was more challenging now than – and perhaps it was 10 or 20 years ago. And the few parents that I've talked to uh, seem to, to agree. Uh, it's a little harder to get out and have that great family time that we were once able to do. I, I know my, my wife works on the weekends. I work on the weekends. She works from home, so work hours are when you're home. Right. Um, and that's kind of what's expected from mobile workforce right. now these days. And I know I work seven days a week, early in the morning, late at night, depending on what the needs are. Uh, but they're still, they're still kids. Mm. Um, and and I, it's really unfortunate. Oftentimes in our society, we have to have a trade-off to make the money that we'd like to make to maintain our lifestyles. We often yeah. have to give up a bit of what we wanted to do or what we envisioned ourselves doing, a little bit of our passion. And that's what I'm trying to do with South Shore, South Shore Outdoors is not give up on my passion and see if I can support my family with it and provide services that will strengthen our communities going forward. And the Trail Rangers program that Timmy did was part of it. But what I hope to roll out in the next couple of years is some more staycation options and some more wonderful local recreation options that are accessible to folks that are very affordable and just right out their backyard. And one of the pieces of feedback we've got from some of the parents is saying, look, since my child has been in your, your program, we started using the trails as a family. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I'm here for. That's yeah. why I want to do this. I hope to, to come out of here 25 years from now and I'm looking to retire and head to New Zealand after uh, <laughs> Dr. Shran tells me all about it. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm looking to look back and say, you know, that generation of folks that enjoys the wilderness, the outdoors a little bit more now, they're a little bit more healthy and a little bit more happy now. I had a hand in that. Yeah. And I can be Legacy. proud of that. Yeah. And uh, the staycations, I think, is a big part of it. You know, you can come for two or three days down to the South Shore and have outdoor experiences like you were in Colorado or Northern Maine. Uh, that's what I'm talking really? about. When we have, we have isolation on the South Shore, you can be on the South River, you can be 400 yards from 10 houses you can't see any of them and you can't hear any of them but you can see a snowy egret uh, you can feel the push of the river on your boat as you turn into an eddy you can look forward to that granola bar coming around the corner because you're sweating and you're you're enjoying your friends with you um, the options around here really are amazing especially given the vastness of the trail system here in Marshfield there really is a lot and I think over the coming years and I'm hopeful that the town will be supportive of recovering some of the trails that um, were well-trodden paths back in the day but have since been overgrown a bit um, yeah, so I think the staycation options are going to be great for a lot of families. And we're going to have, um, we're working right now. We're not sure if we're going to be able to do it yet, but it looks real good that we're going to be able to run daily river trips great. Uh, here out of Marshfield. And we're looking at other locations on the South Shore that will be highly accessible to anyone within driving distance. Um, and quarter day trips, half day trips, full day trips. And then we'll be onboarding some overnight trips. You don't have to go to Maine. You don't have to go to Colorado. You don't go, have to go out to Western Mass to take an overnight wilderness trip and get top notch guiding services with interpretive services, make you food, keep you safe, teach you how to boat in different boats and point out the birds. You can do it right here. Uh, and I think, you know, you got companies like Levitate. You've yeah. got uh, folks out in Canton running a ropes course. There's wonderful nonprofits and Boy Scout organizations along the South Shore that really are living in the outdoors on a day-to-day -day basis. The, you know, the foundation is here. Yeah. Uh, and the economy is asking for it. People are asking for it. Our health needs it. Our mental health definitely yeah. needs it. And we're definitely uh, going to talk about that. Yeah. And it's really affordable and oftentimes free. Uh, how can you beat that? You can't beat free. That's for sure. <laughs> that's for but sure. I know that you are in business for a profit. And some of these, these guided tours will cost folks money. But that's right. Again, you're not going to Vermont. You're not going to Maine. You're right here in your backyard where you don't need to to uh, work through the accommodations of that or the travel arrangements of that. And, and you're going to have that available for them, you know, as, as soon as... This yeah. summer, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, the boating trips this summer. We already have hikes available. Um, uh, there's a lot of trails around. Sometimes it's hard to think about getting on the trails for a number of reasons. Yeah. Past experiences, fear of the unknown, or just uneasiness in the unknown. Maybe you rolled an ankle a while ago and you're a little worried about it. There's mm -hmm. so many different reasons. Once we get into our own heads, we come up with a lot of reasons why we don't have to or shouldn't do something, right? right? Um yeah. Ticks, right? A lot of people are afraid to go out because of yeah. the ticks. What do you What do you tell those folks? Uh, well, the first thing I say is remember, media makes their money off getting clicks. They get right. their money off getting clicks by making people emotional to get those clicks. Yeah. Ticks are a very real issue, but highly manageable. Highly manageable. We. Uh, Timmy here probably can attest on our Trail Rangers trip. We we do a tick abatement um, after each trip, and there wasn't, I don't believe, a, a single person on one of our trips last uh, last time around that had a tick on them. That Not right? that it would be a problem if they did. Um, but, yeah, we, we, you pay close enough attention. You use a, a good process, just like anything in the outdoors. It can be scary and dangerous, but if you pay attention to what you're doing, you have a good plan, you go about it in a conscientious way, you're going to not only be safe, you're going to have a good time. Yeah. And you got to get over 
a fear or a blockage to access to something. Say, you know, that was fun, and the ticks weren't a problem. Right. I can go on all the other trails now. But Timmy, our other guest, got to experience a lot of it through South Shore Outdoors uh, venture with our recreation department, and, and it was called the Trail Rangers. So, Eric, what what is the Trail Rangers? Trail Rangers is a program that South Shore Outdoors designed, and it's meant uh, to focus on the points of interaction between the youth and nature in Marshfield. And the ultimate goal of the program is to have rangers come out of that, junior ra- junior hikers and hikers come out of that program feeling confident to guide their own families uh, and friends on trips on our local trails. So we can start using our local trails. Our families can rediscover everything that's in their backyard, and it starts with the kids. Yeah. Um, so we have... Uh, starting this company up, we had just a tiny bit of money. And I didn't want to spend it on uh, equipment. I didn't want to spend it on marketing. I wanted to spend it on getting people into the woods. Yeah. So I, I bought transportation is the hardest thing for, for kids after school, so I bought a van. Um, and uh, we put all our money effort into launching the Trail Rangers program so we could start by doing what our brand is meant to do, what my passion has steered me towards is getting people, especially fresh-eyed folks, mm. uh, out into the wilderness. Uh, and it's amazing who can turn into a fresh-eyed person once you get out there, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. But the Trail Rangers program, we, we focus on, um, we have a different skill for each outing. Sessions are usually between five and seven weeks, and we have different skills like um, I think um, uh, what one of Timmy's favorite sessions was, I think, and he can speak to this, was silence in nature, which is, I think, my favorite Timmy? session, too. Silent? Yeah, because you got to, like, um, lay down and, like, listen to the nature and everything. It was, it was really cool. And you could, like, s- smell the nature, and it was, it was nice. nice. So, so you just laid down yeah. in the leaves and all the dirt and everything? Yeah. I laid next to like Sounds a dead fun. tree. Really? Yeah, or something like that. A one that like fell down. I'll show you a picture later. I snuck some when he had his eyes closed. Uh, nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, the the silence in nature, um, you know, there's um well, it's the silence in nature is really a key part. I had it on the fourth or fifth session in the last outing on the last time. I'm yeah. gonna move it up to the first or second. Um, outing of the next session because it's truly important for the rest of the experience. Okay. Uh, silence in nature is where we learn to quiet our minds and quiet our mouths and let the rest of our body hear what nature's trying to tell us. So it's kind of like a uh, mindfulness technique. Very much so, very much so. So uh, in this particular exercise on this one day with Silence in Nature, the way we did it um, with the 10, 11-year-olds is to go out and say, okay, we're doing X, Y, and Z right now, but okay, we're going to stop. We're going to take two minutes. We're going to find a nice spot, and I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and listen. Listen for two minutes. Tell me about that. Were they... This is a group of elementary school-aged kids, yep. right? Third, fourth, and fifth grade? Yeah. Fourth and fifth grade only? Fourth and fifth. Fourth and fifth only, okay. Yep. So a higher-aged uh, elementary school kids, but still elementary school kids who aren't yeah. used to sitting still and being quiet. How was that experience? Uh, you know, this was my first time doing it with kids that young, and I was very pleasantly surprised. I started out in two-minute sections, two-minute sections. I could have easily done 10-minute sections to you start think so? out. And we ended with, what was it, Timmy? 12 minutes on the last section, I, session, I believe. Yeah. So in, in this one outing, we our outings are about two and a quarter hours on trail, three hours altogether between okay. transport, gear up, gear down, tick check, yeah. put away the garbage we picked up, all that sort of thing. Uh, so you but, have them picking up garbage yeah. along yeah. the way? Little, we had little bags that we like with like a clip and we attached it to um 
any part. Like yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a layered program for sure. Um, there's a lot of things going on. I'll try and get to that. But the, the silence in nature really is an awesome part of it. Um, it, it. The way we start off is two minutes. You know, close your eyes and engage your hearing. Yeah. And then at the end of two minutes, alarm goes off. We open our eyes. We give it a second and say, what did you hear? Then we go walk. We do some other things. We identify some birds. Maybe find a geocache uh, as we meander on down the trail. Geocache, what's that? Yeah, yeah, geocaching. is a whole community around that. Oh, my goodness, folks. Look it up if you don't know about it. We'll talk about it here in a little okay. bit more, too. But, oh, there's so many in Marshfield. It's a, it's a great way to get out with the kids. Look into it. If you got okay. kids, you don't know how to get out. They find toys in the wilderness, and they drop off other toys. So it becomes so a game awesome. in the wilderness. That's right. It's okay. a mission. It gives you a mission. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. But then the next thing we do uh, on the Silence in Nature is we go and we find another spot for two minutes. Say, so find your spot, get comfy. Okay. Different uh, spot. A different spot. Okay. A different, and the, the scenery and the spots are important, right? Yeah. Uh, if you're in a cedar stand, the part where you use engage your sense of smell is going to yeah. be very different than if you're in an oak and elm stand. Uh, right. You know, so y- each trail that we go on, we try to plan the appropriate skill for that trail because each trail lends itself to something different for sure. Yeah. Um, and so we engage all the senses in two or three minute increments. And then at the end, we got out on the pier on John Little, um, out on the North River with yeah. expansive views all around us, and a, an amazingly peaceful spot. It's a little windy that day and a little chilly. Uh, I brought some hot cocoa for the boys. I gave them all a cup, and I filled them up with a hot cocoa. And I said, okay, we're going to put the timer on for 12 minutes. You have no particular mission except to be quiet and hear what's around you. Um, And they did. And I got some great feedback. Uh, And I was really excited when Timmy told me it was one of his favorite sessions because it's pretty much always my favorite session. So you said the boys. Was it all boys? It was. It was. And I loved all the boys on the trip. They all had individual characters. But we got to get them all out there. Yeah. We got to get the the future leaders of the next generation out there. All the girls, all the boys, all the men, all the women. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the plan? So what happens now? So Timmy's in fifth grade and next year... He'll be in sixth grade. Is there a program available for him yeah. in sixth grade? Yeah, there is. I'm, I'm hoping Timmy liked the skills that we did. We worked on geocaching and backcountry safety and field guide use and all kinds of real skills like that. Um, but then as Timmy goes up to the next grade, yeah, he was in the junior hiker program. we got a hiker program going on at Furnace Brook Middle School got for it. sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. Uh, and then we hope, we hope, we'll see if we can do it in the future, if we can add a paddler program. And then on top of that, we'll, we'll a few years down the road, have enough excitement in the air, enough business in the area, we'll add a junior guide program for people that are interested in maybe making a little bit more out of the wilderness or their professional lives or even as a side job. Cool. Uh, or even just as uh, someone who's a little bit more, has a few more tools to be out there in the real varied scenarios you can find in the wilderness and in the area. And you'll help with the knowledge of that as you rise them up through and matriculate through their pro- your program, I would imagine. Like yeah, it's, almost it's really like a leadership not, type program. It's, it, knowledge is, right, that's the excuse to get out there. We're going to go work on knowledge. Right. But what, what the, the real goal is is that connection. You know, if, if the kids can go through silence in nature and say, I just discovered something I wasn't quite sure that was there before. Um, and, you know, I saw something out here that, change the way I thought about something. You know, you, you affect a person. You affect their very right. identity by being out there. That's right. So we present knowledge. We teach knowledge. We give experiences. We give skills. But all the while, what we're trying to do is provide space. Provide space for the people 
to find their own way through the doorways to those moments. I just want to try, do my best to deliver people to those doorways so they can decide to open those doors and walk through when that view perhaps turns from their internal stresses and daily lives or uh, to an external view where they start to see the forest for the trees, right. when they start to see everything around them and how it comes together and where empathy really takes power and takes life. That's amazing. That's really what I want to do. It's hard to express that in a mission statement yeah. or bullet points on a website. Yeah, but you're doing <laughs> a really good job. And I, I, I just love to see people be able to work their passion, you know, and, and it's so obvious that this is this is your passion. And, you know, I wish you the best of luck with success. But we've got a caller, a caller calling in wow. from... New Zealand. Can we listen oh. in on this caller? Dr. Hello, Joe. Dr. Joe. What's up, buddy? <laughs> I know. Hi, guys. I'm, I am just listening to this show from across the world, and, and I am just so impressed with how you guys are connecting this up globally because this isn't just confined to one group. Uh, and I, I just wanted to call through because it is – it is uh, 2.30 or so in the afternoon here on Friday. Wait, uh, what? So how, of, so how did Thursday go? <laughs> Let us know how Thursday it is. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, right, your, your Thursday is doing great. But yeah. I just want to call because, first of all, you know, what you're talking about is this global idea of connecting us. And it is just so wonderful that we are able now, through not just technology, but to go away from the technology for a little bit and get back to who we really are, get back to that nature part of us. And that's why I just wanted to call through using technology just to talk about how you're talking about nature. But I wanted to call you guys because what we're doing here on vacation is doing exactly what we're talking about. We've been going to these different places, these glowworm caves and hiking through mountains and biking. And it is the same wonderful human connection here as anywhere in the world right and isn't that just a wonderful thing to begin remembering we're all the same people and you know it's amazing what eric's sharing with us is that you know although going to new zealand is beautiful and blessed for many uh it's just not something that works and here on the south shore it's right here we're right here under our nose some of the most beautiful beautiful trails and rivers and marshes and it's just right here dr joe which you know you forget unless you actually you pick your head up and look around a little bit i agree and sometimes when you go somewhere else you remember how amazing that's your right. home really is that's right and and our home is amazing uh, and it is just wonderful to explore so eric i'm, I'm so grateful for what you are doing, uh, educating people, educating young kids, and just reminding them that we really are all, as you say, we're all connected mm -hmm. through nature. Oh, thanks, Dr. Terrific. So we did this thing when, um, just in case if it, we needed it, it was like we built a stretcher out of like sticks and um, a rope, and then we actually like picked up each other and like all like tried to like bring them like out of the woods and stuff. So if someone were to get hurt while you yeah. were out on a long hike, you figured out how to actually yeah. get that person out of the harm's yeah. way? and we all, like, switched off to go on it and stuff. Mm. 
So what 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 did you teach America? Yeah, uh, really, what that was was a confidence builder. Because ah. you know these sort of things. How do you extricate someone yeah. if they're hurt? First of all, if you're in the suburbs, you just call nine one one and you wait, right? But. Yeah. W- we want the kids to enjoy the world around them and feel comfortable in it. So the more we give them experiences, the more we give them tools to handle the what ifs, the easier it is to be out there and not worry. The easier it is to surrender Uh yourself in the moment, the more confident you feel being out there, the more confidence you have out there. uh, I find it's quicker that the ease washes over you. Uh Uh, And sometimes those those fears and anxieties we have about being in the outdoors or wild animals, They can be really deep-seated fears. Right. I still, I was going to check a, a game cam the other night in the dark. I knew there were coyotes around. I was really scared. Yeah. I was really scared. I said, like, geez, I feel like I'm a teenager again. Right. Why am I this scared? I'm, I'm in my backyard. Right. You know, but uh, those fears are real. And, we, and when we teach them how to carry a stretcher out of the woods, I like to think we put one of those fears to bed. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. That's uh, really cool. Those game cameras are cool, too. Yeah, right? Well, you know, it's funny. I was just going to ask yeah. Eric what he meant by his game camera. So you yeah, went to check cool. your game camera? Yeah, so maybe some people on the in this region aren't quite... I've uh, never had experience with them. I, I grew up in Maine in the wilderness and uh, grew up around hunting culture and, and just uh, outdoor culture where game cams were part of the everyday because you want to know what, what, what wildlife was in your backyard. Yeah. What wildlife... Most of the hunters use it, obviously, to find the wildlife, uh, their quarry, what they were hunting. Um, we're using them here on the South Shore for a whole different reason. Uh, as part of our, our mission to connect people and uh, with the outdoors, with nature, and break down those barriers of uh, fear and understanding and build a little bit of knowledge and familiarity with our own backyards and the nature around mm-hmm. us, um, we're offering a, a cam service that I, I guess I'm announcing right now for the first All right, time. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, Let's it'll do be it. uh, it'll be we've hinted at it on Facebook and we'll be launching uh, for sale tomorrow morning. Oh, really? Uh, yes, yeah, so it's coming up tomorrow morning. We really so are it's a watching it. Backyard trail cam service um, where we'll come out and um, use our knowledge to check out the area and see where we think um, wildlife might be transiting through or hanging out on your property, making your property a part of their habitat, which maybe it was their habitat before you got there. But uh, I'm guessing so. <laughs> right. Um, but it, there's a lot of curiosity about an animal. Ooh. It's a lot of fun to find out what yeah. animals are there. And um, once you, you find out one or two animals there, man, you just want to learn more. And what I find in life generally, what motivated me to do this is uh, this particular project is once you know something, it, it's harder to think ill of it. It's right. harder, harder to be afraid of it. And once you know there's something on your property, it, it becomes part of your home. That's right. And it becomes part of you. And then maybe... We'll protect it a little bit more. Maybe we'll just be a little bit more conscious of the animals that are out there and mm. whether our fears uh, for some of them um, are warranted and other ways that we can help them or coexist with them in a more peaceful way. And I think that starts with just knowing what animals are around you. So we're offering a service where um, we'll come out um, and help folks put some cameras up. We'll put cameras up on their properties and uh, strategic locations and take uh, photos for photos and video for just a week if they want or we'll do up to a month or even up to a year if you really want to check out the seasonal diversity uh, and and who is making your property an actual habitat and what are they doing there Uh, because a lot of it happens 
while you're asleep, right? Oh my gosh, so much. So many nocturnal animals. Uh, a lot of my Facebook posts have gotten some some likes in the last couple of days because of the, the coyotes. Uh, and we were talking earlier, yeah. when, I, when I'm talking to folks from Maine, we call them the coyotes. Yeah. But the coyotes are, are a very fearful thing, right? Because they're predators and they're big and yeah. we don't know a lot about them. Yeah. The urban coyote phenomenon has been talked about for a while and they're all around us and we've gotten some fearful reactions to some Facebook posts. Um, and this is a, it's an important thing to keep our finger on the pulse on uh, and to learn more about the wilderness around us so we can inform some of those fears mm-hmm. uh, and we can inform our kids as to um, the animals around so they can also pay attention or protect them. But there's so many cool animals, but what's really cool is not just you capture a picture of an animal, oh, I saw five rabbits, a deer, yeah. and a coyote. You Once you start paying attention, you see them for a couple times in a row, you start to discern behaviors. Yeah. You start to be like, oh, why are they here today? Oh, this is my third time seeing this animal. I'm kind of bored with the picture. Well, why are they here? Right. You start digging into that. You're like, okay, I, I need to know more now. Yeah. Then you see in certain behaviors on there. Why are they having that behavior on my property right now? Yeah. You know, after a few weeks on, we're on one property right now up in North Marshfield, kind of near the North River. Uh-huh. And we've been there for almost two months now. And after a few weeks of watching these coyotes that come by, um, uh, sometimes as often as every 12 hours, but usually every two or three days, Sometimes alone, but usually together. So these pictures um, get time stamped? That's right. Yeah, okay. we have dates and time stamps. Um, so I know exactly when they come. And what what I found, and I didn't know this, that my dog is locked in an epic battle with a local fox and two coyotes. Really? I did not know that, right? So I took a walk out one morning to get the game cams, and, and my uh, my dog, wonderful dog, Gus, he's awesome, he stops and starts scratching around a spot where he hadn't stopped before. And I was like, come on, Gus, let's go. We're going to go do our yeah. thing. And he wouldn't let it go. Yeah. And then he marked it. He urinated on it. And I said, hmm, there must have been another animal there. Sure enough, I went and got my game cams and looked at the film and uh, saw that the coyotes had passed by the night before yeah. uh, and found a pile of scat, which is uh, feces, okay. um, just up the trail and that my dog also found, and he put his scat right on top yeah. of it, and they, the coyote and my dog have been going back and forth on the same scat pile for two weeks now. <laughs> um, but what I found is that the coyotes were there to f- get the rabbits. There's a lot of rabbits because the yeah. coyotes wanted to eat them, and I actually got one on video chasing a rabbit down. Really? And the foxes also were in there hunting, but then the foxes and the coyotes started to compete and started marking different locations. Then my dog were they got in into there the mix. at the same time. Ever? Sometimes as close as an hour or two, okay. but never at the same time. Got it. I see lots of animals together, but not coyotes and not foxes yeah. so much. Um, yeah. So it's, it, what I discovered is not just who was visiting my property, but why they were there and what other animals those animals were interacting with on my property and that they were there for food um, and sometimes where they even slept. So I learned a lot about uh, my local animals at, at my property through that, not just who was there, but what are they up to? And they help me understand and learn a lot more about them. And now I feel more drawn to them. So, folks, for people who want to um, get involved in that and, and hire South Shore Outdoors to, to kind of historically document what's going on in their backyard, how would they get in touch with you to do that? Yeah, well, then go to our website, which is southshoreoutdoors.com, yeah. or you can email us at info at southshoreoutdoors.com. And they have a wonderful social media platform, too, folks. So I highly recommend getting on Facebook, looking at the South Shore Outdoors and see some of the wonderful posts that they have. And it's just, it's it's mind-blowing because it's really, it's mind-opening, right? Because in our everyday routine life, we're not getting out into the wilderness as much as we should. And, you know, another thing that we we talked about on our on our walk yesterday was, was um, 
some of these forward thinking doctors, right? We talked about yeah. how, you know, people have stresses and they have anxieties and some are uh, being prescribed medication, but you've mentioned that some doctors are actually prescribing the outdoors. They are. And it's, it's a really exciting thing. It's, it's almost a little sad in a way that we've gotten to this far, but that's, you know, that's who we are. We got to own it and right. uh, let's move forward in as positive ways we can. But, and some of the doctors are coming around to that. They can only, uh, doctors have a, a hard uh, road to hoe in our, yeah. in our society. Um, but there's a few of them out there and many, actually many, many of them um, out there that are really pushing the limits on what's best for citizens and not just what's what's capable and what's easy to do within their systems. And one of those doctors has, has started prescribing a certain amount of time outdoors and she's working with her clinic to make sure that the travel is there so they can get people mm -hmm. to the outdoors instead of uh, pharmaceuticals. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's not just for physical health. It's not just because America's number one burden of disease is ischemic heart disease. It's not because diabetes is so prescient in our society, um, but it's really because those cortisol levels come down right 50 15 minutes. That's all it takes. 15 yeah. minutes. You don't even have to be in nature. Just viewing nature. And the science tells us now, just viewing nature, looking at birds out your window, dedicated for 15 minutes, drops your cortisol levels, your stress indicators, right. right? It lowers your blood pressure. It lowers your heart rate. Just by looking out your window for 15 minutes at birds or trees or enveloping your mind in nature for a short amount of time. And the doctors, the data's there now. It's scientific fact now. Thank goodness. And now let's move on to the next steps where we turn our healthcare providers' attention to prevention. Yeah. Uh, and you see some Blue Cross Blue Shield covers gym classes and some exercise classes. It's not going to be long before all the insurance companies are scrambling to cover outdoor activities because it's prevention and it's going to save them money. Right. Uh, and make our society a healthier society. So what do you say to the folks that say, well, you know, going out on these trails, that's for, you know, active people. That's for the ultra marathoners and the, you know, the six pack abs. I mean, what, what how, how do we break down these, these stigmas and these barriers for people to say, you know what, this is, this is for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, uh, you're pinging off the six-pack abs there, and he knows. I uh, took it off his tagline. Our host, yeah. Uh -huh. we, we have a little, one of our little unofficial taglines is it's it's not about six-pack abs and, and snow-covered peaks. It's about love handles and what's in your backyard. Uh, I wouldn't be climbing any snow-covered peaks with six-pack abs anytime soon. Uh, that's the one layer, right? Uh, we see what we see about the outdoors in our media um, and popularized shows, and, and it makes it feel unreachable. It makes yeah. it feel like you got to get on an airplane, hire a guide yeah. uh, when you really don't. But, but really, the next level down that I'm trying to get to is to get people onto those trails like, yeah, yeah, it's a trail. Great. It's a trail walk. Sure, I did it. I'm done. Thanks. Right. I saw a nice bird. That was great. Yeah. But if we can even provide one minute, 30 seconds of a time where that person can have some introspection and quiet their mind and see the same bird differently than they did before yeah. or even have a new thought about their child and how they should approach an issue with their child right. uh, yeah. or how or, uh, just four seconds to reflect on how uh, a hug from their husband or wife really was a positive thing in their life that day. That's it. They're, they're going to love the outdoors. That's right. They're going to love being on the trail. They're going to have discovered why it's important to be there. It's not because there's a great ice cream place next to it, though I'm not against that. Right. Um, it's, you know, it's not because you got the coolest gear and you showed everyone that you've got the coolest gear and you're really good at using it. 
it's because that trail then, once you have that experience, that trail becomes part of you. Right. It becomes part of your lived experience and it becomes part of your story. And then it becomes a deeper part of our community. And then our whole community uh, can start to realize that as a group mm. and not just individuals. And, and that really gets me excited. So we talked about the trail up on Webster Street. Where are some of the other yeah. trails? Oh, my goodness. Well, we have the North River. Uh, our administrator, our conservation administrator, loves to call it the North River Management Unit, and it really is. It's massive amount of trails, uh, and the town only needs to hopefully sometime in the next couple of decades acquire one more piece of property, and it will have a huge, contiguous uh, uh, bunch of lands, five or six huge properties. You can go all day in mountain biking and hiking right along the North River. There's several of them up there, but I would highly encourage people to go to the recreational trails uh, committee website on the town homepage for all the trail maps. So how There's, do they find that? Yeah, so the town of Marshfield uh, website, mm-hmm. um, and if you go right under there there's a recreational trails committee uh button under the committee structure you can also find maps on the conservation page okay. but those are all the maps for our town's trails that have all the information anyone needs to get out and they're free on there you can print them out or i take usually a snapshot of my phone and i carry it with me in case i get lost which i have many times yeah. um but there's a bunch of trails on the south river and man some of those trails have the lived history the human history yeah. right behind the winslow house um, and obviously Daniel Webster Wilderness, Wharf Creek right over by Green Harbor is a beautiful little walk. We're just speckled with them. They're everywhere. They're so unique in, in their differences. And I would highly accessible them. for all families and there's no membership fees. How about Nothing. dogs? Can they bring their dogs? They with absolutely them? can. Absolutely. Two Mile Farm um, has a leash law where they don't have, they just have to be under positive control, not on a leash. Okay. Um, so that's one thing that's different than the town of Marshfield. The town of Marshfield has a leash law, so your dog uh, needs to remain on leash um, while they're on the Marshfield trails. Though, of course, um, many folks let them off leash and sometimes that can lead to conflict. But I think overall, all dog owners really know their dogs and yeah. love dogs and are responsible and there's a nice community around yeah. dog ownership um, and we just uh, yeah so they can definitely bring their dogs out on the trails but please 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 pick up the poo-poo yeah. behind you and carry it out with you and set good examples um, for the people that see you out there with your dog wow Eric you know I appreciate you coming down to the show one more time how would someone get in touch with you to get involved yeah. with southshoreoutdoors.com or you can email me directly at eric at southshoreoutdoors.com please let me know what you're thinking get awesome involved. thanks again Eric and thank Bye. you folks Everybody. we will talk to you soon thanks for coming Timmy thanks for thanks Dr. Shran drank from the vial did he do ever 